sex predator high on cocaine. <laughs> You're headed right towards it. What a wonderful film that we just saw. Yep. Really enjoyable experience. It's so funny. Oh my god. I love that. I really did love it. Yeah. There's there's a couple things I didn't love about it, but we'll get there. Today we're talking about Elizabeth Banks's Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. And it is everything it was marketed to be. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about... It's not Banks's first feature. No. Let's talk about Elizabeth Banks. Who is Elizabeth Banks? Elizabeth Banks is a woman. She's a woman. Who was an actress first, probably, and has tra- transitioned to directing, which is great. One of the most notable movies she's been in was in the Power Rangers reboot when she played Rita Repulsa. Oh, yeah. You call that one of her most notable roles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, but interesting. And people might know her more familiar. Uh, Ten years ago, she was Effie Trinket in the Hunger Games trilogy, or I guess it became a quadrilogy, but she was uh, wearing a lot of makeup in that one. Yes, she's also in Pitch Perfect, and Zack and Miri. She's Miri, make a porno. Uh, she's in Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. She plays um, Betty Brant, I think, in that, those films. Um, she's in so many things. She's just been all over the place for so long. She's in Wet Hot American Summer. Very notable. She's in the, the Muppets movie, movie 43. Did you already say she was the voice of Wildstyle in Lego movie? No, but she is. Yeah, she's... In the Lego movie, as Chris Pratt's uh, love interest. The Lego movie was a big deal, Stephen. The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Invincible. Well, I love Invincible. Oh, yeah. Holler out there to uh, my sports movie fans. She was in the Sea Biscuit a long time ago with Tobey Maguire. Catch me if you can. Steven Spielberg. She's been in a lot. All that to say, she's been around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Elizabeth Banks has done so many things, and now she's directing, and she directed this, which is so crazy to me. I think she's a great director. Oh, yeah. This movie was amazing. I think, if anything... Yeah, sorry. It was Jimmy Warden's script that could have used a little tuning. Yeah, but, like, it was so nice, because, like, you know that there's a threat the whole time. And then these characters are just kind of oblivious to the threat. And so every time you see a new character come onto the screen or introduced, you're thinking, oh, they're, this person is already oblivious and ignorant. Yeah. And the way that they're portraying the ignorance is so funny because they're just only caring about the problem that is in front of them and not caring about at all about the threat that you know is out there. And so they're all dealing with their own things and, and they lay the groundwork really well in this movie. And I absolutely adored it because, like, every character, like, you find this, like, cop who, like, just cares about this new dog that he just got. And all he cares about is his dog. He keeps thinking about this little dog because I guess he's alone and he got a new dog, a little white. Rosette? Cute dog with his, with, like, pink bows in its hair. It's just a little fancy. Yeah. And he's like, does your dog play fetch? (laughs) (laughs) And then you have, yeah, it just, I don't know, it laid the groundwork, like, the bricklaying of the whole movie, I just thought was so good. Like, with all the characters, this is Ray Liotta's 
Last film, maybe? One of them. He, he second was second to last. He was shooting a lot of things before he died, and this was one of them. So it was crazy to see him again. Um, who who was this Han Solo guy? What was his name? Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah. I love this guy. He needs to be in so many things. Yeah, he dipped after Solo. I hope he didn't get like... No, I hope he that didn't. didn't kill his career. Yeah, I think he just... I think he's not been booking as much. But he, I feel like he's such. He's always been a strong actor. Before yeah. Solo, he was in a Coen Brothers film. He was in um, I can't Hail remember. Caesar. Yeah, Hail Caesar, and he's so good. Would that it were. Would, so would that it were. Would did it. Would that it were. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the most memorable part of that movie. Yeah, but he's so good in, and I think he's got a huge future ahead of him still. Hope so. I would love to see him in the DC universe. Yes. As maybe a Green Lantern. Hell yeah. Uh, anyway. You want me to talk about the rest of the cast? Yeah, we got O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yes. Ice Cube's son. David. Back at it again with this role, and he's great. I like him. Oh, he's so good. I love this guy. His back and forth with uh, Alden was pretty funny. You watched um, Elizabeth uh, Olsen. Nope. I thought you did. Ingrid Goes West? Nope, I'd he's, like to. He's so good in that. The movie's hilarious. There was also Carrie Russell. Yeah. Carrie Russell went on to say that she and Elizabeth Banks are friends. And Elizabeth Banks was talking about her being in another movie. And then she said, before we filmed that movie, I'm doing this other film. She's like, would you want to be a part of it? And Carrie Russell, after she heard the premise, she was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) That sounds insane. It's funny. After I saw Carrie in Antlers a couple years ago, she's back in the woods fighting another (laughs) animal. Insane creature. Yeah. You already mentioned Ray Liotta. We got the yeah. cop you, you spoke of earlier who's infatuated with the dog. Mm-hmm. That's Isaiah Whitlock Jr. of The Wire fame. Right. He's the one who's going, shit. Was that The Wire? I feel uh, like it was The Wire. It might have been a different show, but he's pretty iconic. We got these three white boys. It's like little, The Dew Champs. The little gang of kids. One of them was, was that kid from This Is 40 all grown up, that skinny kid with the teeth. The main one? Or the other one? Not the main one. Uh, one the one with the, the short shorts. I think that was J.B. Moore. Leo Hanna was the bigger kid. And then the one that's with us for most of the film is Aaron Holiday. Yeah. We also have... They're also funny. Oh, yeah, the, the cop, the ranger. Who's, yeah, Margot who's, Martindale. Famous character actress, Margot yeah, Martindale. Super good. Super, She's super like good. She's like a powerhouse actress and Gosh. I'm happy that we have people like her in this movie. She's so good. And then the... Really um, elevate the content. <laughs> there's like a um, another kind of like person that kind of that she's in love with. Yeah. That was Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. Right. Right. I See, I'm not a huge Modern Family guy, so... I didn't recognize him in his... I also am <laughs> not a Family Guy guy. <laughs> Modern Family Guy? Or a Family Guy guy. Oh. The, the two kids were played by Christian Convery, who I realized after the fact was that kid from that show on Netflix where he's like, Sweet Tooth was what it was called. Oh. Like the Jason deer antlers kid. And uh, the girl was Brooklyn Prince. We also have a small part from Christopher Hivju, the Tormund from uh, Game of Thrones. Instantly recognized him. His wife was played by Hannah Hoekstra. There was another oh, cop. Oh, yeah. Detective gal, Isaiah Whitlock Jr.'s partner or friend was played by Ayula Smart. Mm-hmm. The cast in this movie elevated the movie. Yeah. If it didn't have these people in these roles, 
there it's it, be a B movie. It would have been a worser movie. Yeah. But because every one of these actors are beyond good at their job, they're owning their characters, they're portraying them as being more real than they should be. And they're having fun with it. <laughs> they're having fun and and they also all had like really good chemistry. And there's a lot of heart behind and uh, forethought behind the way that they play these characters. It just makes the movie so much better. And it takes it takes what you know going into it is going to be a campy horror film like Sharknado or something. But you have these amazing actors in it. And that's, I think, what like the beauty of the film is and, and the thing we could talk about a lot further. Yeah. Also, a lot of those things are pretty grounded despite, you know, the premise of the film being a bear who's high on cocaine. Whereas like a lot of other movies of its kind, like Sharknado, it's just everything is, uh, it's a heightened absurdism. Yeah. So it's very accessible. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, despite the graphic content, a lot of people can get into it, enjoy it. And CGI looked good too. It looked okay. It could have been worse. It could have been better though too. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. Think it, about it. You're right. No, no, I know. I know. I'm thinking about it. There were definitely shots that looked better than others. Yeah. Right here, we're going to play a song. Recommendation? A little break from your Cocaine Bear podcast. Gabe, a, little, do you have, a little pause. Gabe, do you have a song recommendation? There's a track called Saturn We Miss You hmm. from Trip the Witch, and John Anderson is featuring on it, I think. Uh, it's a good track. <laughs> do you want me to talk about it? I, it's actually in a playlist that I'm slowly building for Steven because it's hard. What do you buy the man who has everything, you know? <laughs> And I'm trying to find songs that are really good that potentially he hasn't heard of yet. This is one of the first tracks on that playlist. What? This is interesting. Uh, I didn't know you were doing that, but thank you. Yeah, surprise. It is, it is a surprise. It's a good track. There's your recommendation for the day. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks for that, Gabe. That was a great song. I haven't heard it yet right now when I'm saying this, but I will have heard it 
when people are listening to this. So <laughs> I can assure you that it played just just great. How much of this do you play in the cast? Like half. Nice. Quarter. Depending. I cut around like a verse chorus and then Anyway, so back to Cocaine Bear. Cocaine. Uh yeah, the CG could have been better. And it could have been worse. I did we ever look up the budget for this? It was insane, like seeing what the bear did sometimes. Like there was that time when he ripped off a guy's leg and then there was cocaine on it and the bear went over and sniffed a line of cocaine. So the premise of this movie is essentially that this plane is crashing or something. And there's this guy on the plane, Matthew Reese throwing out bags of like bags with multiple bricks of cocaine in each of the bags, just out of the plane. And I think, I think he was going, I think the plan was to skydive and, and have the parachute open up and then go collect the bags. Maybe, but that's not what happened. Uh, something happened, and he he fell out. He hit of... his forehead on the way out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, like, banged his head on the doorframe of yep. the plane. And then he fell and then landed in a neighborhood without his chute really opening. Very dead. And died. And then all the bags of cocaine landed in a forest, and uh, a bear got into the cocaine and then became addicted to cocaine. So... This is all based off of a true story. This actually took place. This, <laughs> and no, really, it is. The, what the, the story is that the bear found a brick of cocaine in the forest, ate the whole brick, and then died <laughs> like an hour later. Different. But yeah. but the internet was like making all these jokes like, oh, that, that bear must have had a wonderful hour of his life. <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot of cocaine even for a bear. Yeah. So what this movie did, well, I'm saying the internet was like making yeah. jokes about it like i bet that hour for that bear was unlike any hour he's ever experienced that's so, true so they wrote a whole movie based around that premise about a bear that that doesn't die but becomes addicted to cocaine and then he keeps searching the woods for more cocaine and more cocaine he even brought some cocaine or sorry it's actually a she the bear is a she even brings back some cocaine to uh it's it's cave where its cubs are and the cubs are then getting addicted to cocaine. They partake. They partake. So as it's on cocaine, it's much more aggressive, and it's attacking people left and right, including some hikers in the beginning of the film that had plans to start a family and <laughs> and name their son Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, they really loved each other. <laughs> they really did. And uh, all the other people that come into contact with the bear... So everyone's drawn to the mountains for the Coke. Well, except for Carrie Russell's family. Yeah. She's looking for her kid. They're going to paint the waterfalls. Yeah. Which is also a thing. I don't know if you ever heard of that. I've never painted one. True. (laughs) So essentially you have a waterfall and then you put like some paint into the waterfall and then it like, it comes down in streaks. Oh, I thought it meant you'd actually just paint. No, no, no. The waterfall. No, you put the paint in um, the water, and then like the streaks of the of the colors come down. It looks really cool. Oh, that's how I interpreted it. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. I yeah had a totally different read. You Is mean like a, the rocks? No, paint a canvas like of the waterfall. Oh, maybe because pa- putting paint in the water doesn't sound very good for the environment. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I was thinking of the other thing. That's my, great. Well, your idea is cooler. My mind always goes to the weirdest place possible, so it does no surprise to me. Okay, that makes more sense. I didn't see any canvases, though. That's true. 
They didn't like bring any. Anything to paint on. <laughs> no paper. Maybe she had a small canvas in her bag. Okay. So anyway, she gets taken by the bear. Still alive. The Her little friend, the little boy, really funny. Really funny kid actor. Mm-hmm. Playing kind of like a, a kid raised by blue collar people. Yeah, a little bit of a redneck. Redneck. Heart of gold. I don't know what the appropriate term is. Anyway, Carrie Russell teams up with him in search for their daughter. David O'Shea Jr., Jackson Jr., and uh, Alden and Einrich. I didn't like. They're working for Ray Liotta, who's the person that needs to get the cocaine back. Otherwise, he's going to be killed because he was in charge of where the cocaine went. Colombians, you know. Yeah. And so they go out there to the forest to look for the bag of cocaine because they know that it was dropped there. Many bags. Alden <laughs> has a young son, but his wife just died, and he's like heartbroken so he's dealing with this huge thing and they play it off to be comedic but it's also really sad like his wife just died but he was trying to get out of the family crime business yeah yeah and to start a family and there's and his son's name is it's gabe gabe and i the whole time they were saying gabe i was like this is so weird gabe's sitting right next to me it's not a very common name (laughs) no it's not (laughs) but it was funny to hear it multiple times throughout the film and having you sit there uh, it felt like they were talking to you, yeah. you know, specifically. Knock it out, Gabe. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have the ranger who just wants to try to entice the the overseer guy that uh, is her superior. Yeah, all these characters have desires and yeah journeys. And, yep. And then you have then you have the the little gang of young teenagers. Fucking love the two champs who just want to move to New York, but they're also wreaking havoc and making this ranger woman's uh, life of uh, misery. <laughs> Hey, bud. Miserable. I'm just out here with my buds. Then you have the cop from Tennessee, from Nashville, I think, and he's there to try to track down <laughs> the cocaine lords. He's like, if I can track it down to this place. So he, he gets there, he arrives on the scene, and then he does fumble his way into meeting O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Alden Eirich. And, um, yep. In a great gazebo scene. A huge, r- ridiculous gazebo scene. Gazebo, for those who don't know, it's like a pavilion structure. <laughs> he gets up on top of it and he can't find his way down. Oh and then the goodness. bear comes in. Incredible scene. Yeah, he, he that actor, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., he, he played like the perfect like cop that like has the right heart like the heart of gold and the the right morals mm-hmm. but like also the the dim-wittedness to like not figure out how to execute his authority you know like he gets on top and he's like ah oh, you stay right there and he's got he's holding a gun and then he like struggles to find a way down he's like ah oh, uh <laughs> he's, he's uh. Re- really struggling <laughs> It's super funny. It's also a sharpshooter, though. He took off O'Shea's fingers with, like... Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's missing fingers for the film. This movie was just so... O'Shea Jackson goes to the ringer in this film. Yeah. He gets stabbed in the back. He So you had to go poop your pants or something at one point. Uh, you, like, <laughs> ran, ran out of the theater. I had to... You, you, I had to number You dropped one. everything and just ran. When you gotta go, you gotta go. But yeah, the Dew Champs came in. I saw it on a second viewing with some friends. Oh, you saw it twice? Yeah. You didn't even tell me that. It's great. But I, this is new knowledge. But yeah, so they come in and, and harass Sasha Jackson Jr. And they get into a little fight in the in this bathroom. And he takes him out. Um, <laughs> Handily. 
even though he got stabbed. Yeah. I really like that one, Do Champ Boy. The one that it was still around by the end of the film. Yeah. I, I enjoyed his character. The way he commiserates or he consoles Alden as they're walking. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, tell, he's, he's consoling him with a story of his own childhood about like getting a lizard or something. He's like, I love that lizard. Yeah. And then Alden's like, should I get Gabe a lizard? And <laughs> my son and the kid's like, you know, bud, <laughs> lizards are good at listening, but people are good at hearing. <laughs> <laughs> and Alden just breaks down <laughs> and they hug it out. And the whole time O'Shea Jackson's is behind him, like looking, he's like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this film is full of great little interactions like that. Yeah. Honestly, I, I couldn't say enough good things about it. I do wish it just had more of it, though, I, I, but I don't know how it could have executed that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think the third act was 100%. I don't know. Yeah, there were little things that could have been done better, but it did drag a little there. But overall, it was very good. I'm wondering if they do make this into a franchise. Like, I know that the, the studio that produced it, I don't know if it's Sony or something, they they already are talking about doing meth gator meth gator so you can see where this is going the writing's on the wall what what's what would you call the cinematic universe the animals on drugs <laughs> the drugged animals in the universe <laughs> okay. the daku but the yeah oh my gosh it's already got an acronym folks but no the the thing that i wish i wish for it is you have to have somebody who understands how to take it seriously enough and have good characters and not just make it like dumb people with bad writing going into the wilderness and just getting, you know, taken out. Because if it, if it becomes just that, this franchise IP will just dip and die quickly. Yeah. Or well, it, go down in quality. It needs a certain amount of money behind it. Not, not just for not just for cast and writing and effects, but in all the little things too. Like there's some pretty like great little horror moments in Cocaine Bear too, and you could feel that quality coming through every part of the production. Right. I mean, if Elizabeth Banks directs more, then it'll be good. But like, I really do think it has to have a level of you have to take it seriously to an extent. Yeah. You can't just give it to a Michael Bay wannabe <laughs> and say, "Hey, here's this movie." just do it, do whatever, you know, it's, we're just here to put it out in February and make money off of it. It can't be just that like cocaine bear was elevated and everyone was talking about it. It almost dethroned quantum mania, which, uh, in hindsight shouldn't have been hard to do, but it would have been kind of the first time a Marvel film has ever lost its second, uh, opening weekend box office. Really? Yeah. Or sorry. It's, it's second weekend after opening weekend box office status and cocaine bear almost dethroned it. It came super close to taking it and being number one for that weekend because it came out the week after quantum mania. So yeah, there's a lot here to sink your teeth into in this movie more than just cocaine <laughs> human flesh. <laughs> and on that note, you want to play a song? Yeah. Here, what song? I don't know. Probably a track from the trailer. How about, here's a track from Cocaine Bear, from the Cocaine Bear universe. The soon-to-be Daku. The <laughs> Drugged Animal Cinematic Universe. Drug Animal Cinematic Universe. Daku. Okay. Hiya, baby. Hiya, baby. 
Except for the kitchen. Get higher, baby. And don't never come down, yeah. Crazy. They know I get it out the jungle. I ain't never been a runner. We ain't never had to wonder. You heard the pilot lost the load. We call that dumb and dumber. It's no storm without thunder. The bed crawls up and under. Cocaine overload. The only fuel to its hunger. Higher, baby. Higher, baby. Get higher, baby. It don't never come down. Yeah. 